Doug McRae is one of our uh, fellows who I think represents a lot of the uh, identity of, of New American, a lot of our aspirations. He writes about social and political issues from San Francisco, but he, he covers an extraordinary range. He's in the Atlantic Monthly and on NPR, the New York Times Magazine, and uh, Wired in Foreign Policy and Travel and Leisure and Mother Jones and a thousand other places. Uh, he's won uh, his own slew of awards and he, he's also uh, been a source of ideas relevant to public policy that were featured in, in the New York Times Magazine in their Year of Ideas issue. And uh, Doug is going to lead a, a conversation with Craig, and I'll leave uh, Doug to introduce Craig, who all of you know is the customer service rep of Craigslist. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Well, Craig Newmark was born in Morristown, New Jersey, went to Morristown High School, attended college at Case Western Reserve where he wanted to be a physicist before he found computers, which was a good decision, I think. Um, he worked for IBM for 17 years and then for other companies such as Sun Microsystems, various consulting firms, and then he started this email list. Um, in the later part of 1995, the first community site for San Francisco, craigslist.org. I'm sure you all know about it. We're going to hear lots more about it. Um, as of August 2008, it's grown to more than 500 city community sites in over 50 countries and is experiencing more than 13 billion, with a B, page views per month. There are more than 50 million unique community members worldwide. Craig Newmark. Also, his bio says that he needs to get out more. And so we're helping here, actually. This is. Um, I, I saw when, when you were on, uh, on Charlie Rose, um, <laughs> he, he read um, from the article where Time named you one of the most, uh, the 100 most important people, influential people in the world. Um, and I thought I'd see what people were saying about you in 1997 which was the earliest article that I could find about you. Um, it says, it's, and, and you know this is a testament to Craigslist's longevity. It was written by the AP cyberspace writer, um, which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist anymore. Um, every day, his service, known as Craigslist, it's got the old-timey two-word spelling, um, brings 30 to 40 messages into the email boxes of its members, each one a separate listing about a job, an art event, a room for rent, or a party to attend. Each day, he hand edits the notices coming in and then sends them out to the lists more than 3,800 subscribers. <laughs> Another 800 or so people a day visit his website, where the notices are meticulously cataloged and archived. Um, it says that in early 1995, a friend offered to create an electronic mailing list and that you spend about an hour or so every day subscribing and unsubscribing people cleaning up postings, and, quote, generally puttering. So the job has probably changed a little bit since then. <laughs> yeah, things have changed a, uh, a great deal. Um, you know, back then, the first few years, it was just me. Uh, fortunately, in 99, I had to make it into a real company. 2000, hired this guy, Jim Buckmaster. See, people were kind enough to help me understand that as a manager, uh, I kind of suck. <laughs> But I am a good customer service rep. It's been 14 years. And to be clear, I'm part of a team doing that. I report 
Oh, my boss is the boss of customer service. I have identity for a few hours now, which makes me itchy. But again, it's been a little more than 14 years for me now. Uh, just keep uh, plugging away. And again, the guy who really runs things now, who's a good manager, is this Jim Bugmaster guy. I just plug away with customer service and then some other stuff like uh, corporate governance and media. So how did, how did it grow? I mean, for, for, for people who don't know, how did it grow from this list of friends? Um, you know, already at, at 3,800 people, that was, that was pretty impressive. And then it just blew up. Um, what happened? Well, it's been slow, steady growth in the race, you know, between tortoise and hare, where is the uh, tortoise? And it's uh, word of mouth almost completely. Now and then the uh, press is kind to us and will, you know, say something nice and that helps. But mostly it's people seeing that our site is for real. It's simple and fast. And uh, we just keep uh, plugging away. We do, we have built with our community a pretty good culture of trust, a pretty good culture of uh, participation. And you know, it began, I know, as a, as a tight community. People who were on it, they, they knew who the other people were. You know, but when did it start to feel like it was getting bigger than that, like it had outgrown that, maybe? I've never, well, I've never had a good sense of how much, <laughs> how much people know. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I've never had a good sense of how, my, how much people have known each other, what was going on, because our site, in a, in a way, is a flea market. And a flea market is about commerce, but it's also about socializing. I didn't quite get this until years after I reflected on my mom's fondness for flea markets. And then I realized people go to the mall for the same purpose. A couple thousand years ago, people in Rome went to the Forum for the same purpose. This is nothing new. But our key to our success is just being uh, real about the way people interact and about uh, staying true to some basic values. Did, did um, when, it, when it began to grow, when it, when it began to grow, when it became big, um, did you ever, was there any feeling of loss that it wasn't a small community anymore, or, or, or did you sort of embrace the new? Um, didn't have any feeling of loss. It just meant that we had a greater volume of things we had to do, and we uh, learned to trust our community to turn over a lot of running of the site to the people who use it. Uh, the biggest uh, manifestation of that is the flagging for removal mechanism, which is a way where people police the site by themselves. Again, we uh, trust people to use the site well. There's some abuse, but overall, it's a very tiny amount of what happens on the site. That's that culture of participation thing. Um, only recently have I realized uh, the influence of my high school history teacher, from whom I learned something about, uh, well, it's called the consent of the governed. That is, you run things in a way that's genuinely responsive, and people will do, uh, will work with you and make things happen. That's, you know, when I, when I, first, when I first learned about Craigslist years ago and, and, and heard that your, your title was director of customer service or head of customer service, um, you know, my first reaction, I thought it was before I really knew anything, I thought it was like one of these flaky dot-com titles like director of dreams or something like that. <laughs> and then I found out that's actually what you do. Um, was, was there ever any thought, you know, what, what's my role in this company? And how did you come to that? Um, again, it was just uh, following through on what uh, felt right and sometimes it's better to operate on uh, intuition and experience. That can be better than, uh, well, let's say there's no MBA influence in the company. Jim and I are engineers by training, even if I don't get to do any anymore. And so I just kind of fell into the role because 
Well, again, Jim uh, does all the management that I uh, could do. I uh, am a good customer service rep. It does require a little technical knowledge uh, now and then. And uh, with my name on the thing, I take things personally, which means when I get home tonight, uh, while I might want to watch uh, House from last night, the uh, first thing I got to do is catch up with customer service. That's only going to be 20 minutes, plus I'll do a little Twittering. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the deal is that this, and this is not noble. By the way, I want to uh, remind people that I don't feel there's anything altruistic or noble about what we do. It's just what feels right in accordance with some very, very basic va uh, values, and we just follow through. Following through is the hard part. So we've got this really simple organization on Craigslist, uh, 27 people, and uh, we've only but barely begun to mention it. Jim did so over the weekend, but we finally fixed some of our uh, statistics collection, and although all we measure is page views, and that we uh, estimate that we may, getting, we may be getting as many as uh, 20 billion page views a month. The, I, I, I want to ask you about the intuition, because I think this is something that comes up a lot in the sort of Web 2.0 world, where you have to you sort of put everything out in the community, and, and things are sort of collectively decided, and everybody has to weigh in. Um, groups can also be really resistant to change. I mean, is there ever a balance you have to strike between being democratic and involving everybody and, and responding to your intuition? Yeah, there's this uh, tough balance in that if you believe in, uh, I guess, democracy, you want everyone to have a voice in building some kind of consensus. On the other hand, sometimes if you have too many stakeholders, you can never get to a consensus. I, uh, for a year or two, was part of the city's workforce investment board, where uh, I first heard that term stakeholder, where I saw some difficulties where had people had building consensus. And my big contribution during my time there was just saying, hey, let's do something. And that led to one doing of something. <laughs> and that, uh, that actually worked out. But that's a big problem in our democracy as we evolve from a pretty decent system of representative democracy to a system of large-scale network grassroots democracy. Uh, we saw last November 4th a big uh, transition point in that direction where everyone has a chance to get involved with our democracy. The problem, of course, is what happens when millions of people want to be involved. But uh, that's where the internet comes in, because people are building mechanisms which allow potentially everyone's voice to be part of things. The idea is we all got to pitch in, not only providing ideas and opinions and solutions, but I think part of our uh, duty, perhaps, will be in voting up the good stuff and voting down the bad stuff. You'll see early versions of this kind of software at slashdot.org. Now that's subtitled News for Nerds, and you know, I'm their dude. But uh, the idea is that people can vote up the better stuff. They can vote up the people who are building better reputations. They'll vote down the trolls, the people who are just trying to uh, post ugly stuff to get attention. But we are seeing a big change right here where millions of people can get their voice heard working together. And that, that applies to governance, whether it's your country's government, or it applies to uh, any kind of organization, including your company. The problems are similar. How do you get the good stuff and kind of vote down the bad stuff in an environment where the guys at top may not be able to hear the people at the bottom? 
It's, uh, this is something that I want to come back to later, but first I want to ask a really mundane question, which is, what's your day like? When do you get to the office and what happens next? Okay. Uh, day life, again, trying to make it brief, I get up, I do customer service as long as it takes. What does that mean? Are you getting, is it calls, is it all emails, is it uh, Twitters, is it? Uh, mostly email, because my email address really is craig at craigslist.org, <laughs> which is not hard to figure out. <laughs> um, and I'll handle a few cases, like a recurring issue every day is uh, misbehaving apartment brokers in New York City, um, which I've just gotten a personal connection, I guess. Um, and then there's always people bickering on our discussion boards. There it's not email, it's the flagging mechanism, which I see. That particular flagging mechanism is uh, not yet automated in any part. Uh, so I'll deal with some of that. The downside is that I have to see sometimes terribly ugly stuff which uh, gets to you, because it's been, again, 14 years of different forms. Um, and I'll do other stuff. Sometimes there's a phone call. There's all sorts of uh, miscellaneous ad hoc stuff. And the deal is that I just get it and follow through. Sometimes I'll do some blogging on my own. I'll do some Twittering. And in the last week or so, I've started using Twitter for customer service. Um, but I'll use it for socializing. I'll use it for uh, announcing my latest bird sighting. Um, I like to do bad bird haiku. Um, but although tomorrow morning I may formally announce that I've now put together Newmark's Wild Kingdom, which consists of the bird sightings outside my window. I've got 25 species. Um, somebody, when I had a webcam up, uh, thought they saw a bald eagle, but that was me. Um, and that's in there. But again, so I work, through the, uh, work there. Then I go down to my hangout cafe, which is a reverie in Coal Valley. I live in Coal Valley Heights. Um, and the deal is that I'll, you know, I'll read the paper on paper and uh, socialize if any friends are there. Um, usually people bring their babies there for our mutual entertainment. Um, and by the way, that's not an exaggeration at all. I've learned apparently that if you can entertain a baby for a minute or more, that's vacation for mom. Um, and then I just I go to the office proper, do the same stuff, uh, do it as long as need I need to. At some point, go home, keep doing customer service or whatever. I may get out in the evening, maybe not. And then there too, I'll uh, do some reading, watching some uh, TV. Um, it's uh, not often heard in this town, but I, I do enjoy TV. Um, for example, I'm a big fan of The Simpsons, or uh, I watch a lot of news, particularly Stuart and Colbert. Um, I have some hopes for uh, this new show called Kings with Ian McShane, mostly because I'm really hoping for him to go into a Deadwood Al Swearingen mode, where it will be all bleeping, uh, if you know that show. You know, and that's pretty much it. I mean, around 10 or so, I'll uh, do a little more customer service, <laughs> just so it won't be that horrible. Again, this is not altruistic or noble, and I'm following my uh, intuition here. So our, our, next, uh, our next Zocalo New America event will be Bird Haiku, um, with lots of bleeping. Bad Bird Haiku, um, really it's, bad. It's, 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 are, people, are people shocked? when they hear back from you directly? Because people write to me and they're shocked when they hear back from me directly and they've usually never heard of me before they write to me. So, <laughs> do you get the, do, do people write back after you write back? I do get uh, some of that. Um, 
which I find amusing for a moment, and even a little flattering for a second, and then I gotta get back to doing some work. <laughs> um, it's been uh, fun too, because I'll be on Twitter, and maybe I'll do the occasional search for uh, Craigslist, someone having a problem or whatever, and then I'll respond, and that uh, causes amusing uh, results. My favorite, which I guess they're jaded now, is that when I would go to New York, and uh, I would walk, you know, I would wander around a neighborhood, which I like, I'd see an apartment brokerage, which uh, I knew, I would drop in. <laughs> and the, uh, the stages of the trip are uh, disbelief, <laughs> panic, uh, followed by photography. Um, this, it's, it, tell me, are, 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 there, are there any are there big mistakes that you've made? Oh, I've... Uh, made some uh, enormous blunders. Um, a lot of them have to do with not listening to the lawyers years back. <laughs> and okay, I'm not doing my job if I don't ask a follow-up question on that. <laughs> well, the deal is that uh, some, of it's, uh, some of it's fairly well known. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, uh, like in 98, tried running things on a volunteer basis. And that failed, in part because I didn't assert leadership. These days, I just preemptively go in and get a lawyer pre-spanking, which is less uh, painful than uh, having it after the fact. And so I haven't had a full-on one in uh, some years. But frankly, uh, Jim fixed a lot of things and prevented problems that uh, I had caused. And again, I know I'm, a, I'm good at a few things, not so good at other things. For all of us, uh, Hopefully you learn what your strengths and weaknesses are, and then you play to your strengths. There's, there's obviously funny stuff on Craigslist. And, and, and my favorite stuff isn't, isn't the sort of the best of Craigslist. It's always mm. in the free column. Mm. Um, I, I was on there a couple days ago, and, and somebody is trying to give away, you might want to take this down, um, 20 uh, back issues of a volleyball magazine from the late 90s. Um, there's somebody looking to exchange an executive desk for a pool table, and I'm fairly... <laughs> that, that seems very of the moment somehow. Um, and there's also someone trying to give away a trampoline, which I'm thinking oh. is maybe a trampoline only extra dangerous. That, uh, it may be coincidence, but in Twitter somebody uh, mentioned someone's uh, grandmother giving away a 14-foot trampoline. <laughs> and somehow that was a, a sign of the times because more and more people are getting on the net and realizing that it's uh, not that hard to use. And it, it, the net is, uh, is for everyone. It's everyone's printing press. I thought you meant that the trampoline wasn't that hard to use for a second there. I, uh, there are lots of instructions online. As I, uh, as I enter my dotage and my uh, bones grow brittle, I'm not going to get on uh, anything like that. Are there, are, there any, are there any posts, sort of recent posts, or posts over the years that have, that have, I mean, of the millions and millions, billions probably, are there any that have stuck with you as particularly memorable? Um, this is an old one, and uh, it's still in Besta, but years ago, uh, someone posted a job ad for someone, for someone else to take the CPA ethics test for the poster. <laughs> How do you, I mean, there's, there's also some unpleasant stuff on there. I mean, do you, do you take that personally? Whether it's, I mean, how do you feel about that? I do take uh, anything bad in any regards happening on the thing personally. 
good and bad. Uh, before coming here, I was uh, chatting with someone who had, uh, was looking for help with an ad because these folks are barely scraping by. They, like uh, the wife was trying to do some part-time web design. And that was, uh, it's not fun to hear, except that we're helping a little bit. Um, and then we listen to our community in terms of the, some of the bad stuff that happens, like the scammers, particularly for overseas, just won't give up. On the other hand, uh, particularly in our political discussion board, in our pets discussion board, there are people bickering with each other all the time. Um, and we have people who will post really ugly things, sometimes racist, um, because uh, they know that it will get a rise from people. And they just keep, uh, they just keep doing it. And some of them uh, have learned how to bypass our defenses. Uh, we'll get smarter about it, but this stuff really bothers uh, me. There's also spam, which bothers a lot of people. You know, community is really hard to build. There are all sorts of you know, activists and campaigns and businesses that are trying to build community online, and there are a whole lot of empty rooms on the internet. Um, are there, are, your community sort of grew accidentally, but are there, are there lessons that, that, that you have in that? Lessons for activists or social entrepreneurs who want to who build something? Uh, again, I'm, a, well, I'm not an activist. I'm a, more of the, uh, more like the Forrest Gump of the internet. Uh, <laughs> I, at one point, I thought I was the Paris Hilton of the net, but, uh, <laughs> but the, the deal is that uh, we just have done things following through with values like treating people like you want to be treated, and we did something useful and uh, simple and fast, uh, and that's key. Those things are key to making anything work. Do something which matters to people and follow through with at least that one basic value, which seems to be as universal as anything I can think, and uh, from that point of view, just do what you can, maybe do something to get the word out now and then. We didn't have to do that because starting in 95, you know, that's about as early as we could have gone. Now you will have to take more advantage of uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or whatever, and see what you can do. Me, uh, tangentially, I'll mention, I'm trying to get better at the use of social media to promote some of the other things that I believe in, figuring that I guess, uh, Maybe I've built some social capital, and I don't need to use it for myself. I don't need to use it for Craigslist, but there are people who need a hand, uh, people who need a break, and I can spend some time doing that. The, the Obama platform included this, this call for a, a Craigslist for service. Um, what, did that, what did that mean to you? Well, uh, the idea of a, uh, a Craigslist for service basically means some kind of a simple platform where people who want to help out can. I mean, there are some people who want to dedicate their lives, at least for a few years, to service. In that case, you join the uh, Peace Corps or the military, maybe become a cop or a social worker. Then on the other hand, someone may want to work for a nonprofit, or maybe just once in a while you want to help uh, clean a river or a hiking trail. Uh, there's a pretty broad spectrum there. Somehow the thing I wrote about that uh, got people's attention, and you never know what will happen. Uh, but the deal is a Craigslist for something, and that uh, metaphor more generically, seems to mean just do something simple and basic and that uh, meets real human needs and that appeals to uh, whatever idealism people have. And we might, uh, we're seeing more of that in a lot of places. To my surprise, I've met with a bunch of uh, federal web people and uh, they 
really badly want to do their job a lot better. They want to provide much better public service. And uh, they feel that now they're being allowed to do their job. They are crawling out of the darkness. And it, that looks pretty good. That surprised me. I mean, how, how, would, how would a Craigslist per service be different from, say, you know, like a volunteer match or idealist or something like that? I mean, what would be different about it? Well, as you're implying, there are a lot of people who are doing a lot of good work right now connecting people to service opportunities. Volunteer match is really good. Um, they connect people to volunteer uh, opportunities. There's uh, Kiva, which provides a different kind of service. You may not have time, but you have a little money. You can help fund microfinance opportunities across the world. I'm working with them to provide microfinance to the West Bank. Um, there's Idealist, which focuses on jobs for nonprofits. Uh, there's a lot of these things, and I have more, you know, which uh, do a lot of good things across the world. The idea is to provide some means which would allow any of us to find something which might fit what we want to do. Again, there's a lot of people who have time and money to devote to these things. On the other hand, uh, there are people, well, if you're a single parent who is just barely scraping by, raising kids and uh, maybe working two jobs, you're not going to have a chance to uh, volunteer any time or money, and that's OK. But a lot of us do have some kind of resource to, uh, to dedicate that to that kind of thing. And sure, uh, why not? I mean, also, literally, just before I left for here, I finally got some numbers on uh, basically an IT center in uh, Nablus for kids, which uh, could use a little help and a little cash. And I have a feeling I'll be helping out with that one. There's, you know, it's, it's, I've been really fascinated to see this, this sort of love of this new love affair between, between the tech world and the government world. Because, I mean, historically, <laughs> you know, government's been sort of technologically inept, and, and the tech folks, for the most part, didn't want anything to do with government. Um, what, what happened? Well, I think the tradition, at least in this geography in the tech world, is that people uh, on the net wanted to be left alone. Um, that's that, the libertarian streak. On the other hand, we're also seeing that sometimes uh, the market fails. Uh, the market failed providing health care, fairness in that sense for everyone. And it uh, might have happened that the market has failed with uh, banking and financial regulation. So even if someone like me has a libertarian bent, we are relatively sane and see that we got to balance this stuff. And uh, we see that the net is about, in some respects, people helping each other out. Sometimes the market does that. Sometimes it's the uh, government do that. And I figure uh, you know, it's time for a, a call to action. In fact, when it comes to service, I may wind up telling people that, hey, uh, well, get smart about some issue. When the government puts up there some sites and software which allows everyone to participate, I may call on uh, all of you, again, to get smart about one issue or more, and then participate. There's this, this amazing site, and you know, DC city government has been great about, about sort of releasing all these data streams and data sets, um, uh, and, and people have been playing around with them and building apps. I mean, what else can come out of this, this, this sort of newfound collaboration between government and tech people? Well, the deal is, and you're referring to the efforts of uh, Vivek Kundra, who's now the uh, country's, uh, oh, I think he's acting as CIO or something uh, like that. The deal is he worked with a lot of people, a lot of ordinary people, 
building applications which actually do useful stuff for, uh, for us all. He actually ran a contest. Part of that was an application called I Live At, where you, uh, this works for Washington, but can spread throughout the country. The deal is you uh, tell the application where you live, and it'll show a lot of stuff what's happening in your neighborhood. Good stuff, bad stuff, for wherever. Um, in this city, in San Francisco, we're evolving this 311 system, which has just started. But the deal is that, uh, you know, sometimes we want to make the world a better place, and sometimes you just want to get a pothole fixed. And uh, you can do that with a 311 system. There are folks in Britain who've uh, done better already. There's something called Fix My Street, where uh, if you see a pothole or maybe a tree branch that got to get moved, you take a photo, say with your iPhone, you type in a description, maybe a geotag with a GPS, and you hit send, and it goes to the Fix My Street site, where hopefully someone from local government will come and fix the thing. Uh, there's bigger stuff happening too. Uh, Sunlight Foundation is building a network of sites which have to do with accountability and transparency in government. They've got readthebill.org. That way if uh, a bill, something like, let's suppose it has to do with a bailout, it encourages us all to look at the bill, and if you have 10,000 people looking, even casually, maybe they'll find something goofy like uh, funding for bonuses for financial executives. <laughs> you know, a lot of these things are happening. I actually blogged something about that today because, again, I was asked to write something about it by a representative of a governor somewhere in the country. Uh, stuff's happening. And by the way, I realize I'm a dilettante at this. Um, you know, this nerd stuff I talk about, that's for real. I grew up with a plastic pocket protector in high school. I had thick black glasses taped together and the social skills to match. <laughs> and I'm good at some things, but there are a lot of people. Vivek is a great example who are doing the big things to change what's going on in this country. There's a cluster of folks now uh, in Washington. Um, you know, if you want to get the scoop on a lot of this, one of the best places to see it is techpresident.com, which seems to be doing a very good job of being a hub for all this kind of stuff. You know, a lot of, uh, you know this, a lot of the online engagement and some of the social media is really in its infancy with government. Um, you know, one of the things you've talked about is you can use this stuff to empower moderates. But at the same time, it, it, it also, I mean, the extremes are sometimes the early movers on these things. I mean, I feel like if we put stimulus spending up to a vote, it would probably all go to Stephen Colbert. Um. Um, is, 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 is there, I mean, how do you keep sort of small groups from having outsized influence if, if, if you move into this? Um, the only way it's going to work is if lots and lots, millions of people get involved. This is the kind of thing which hopefully will be taught in high school history and civics classes in the near future. The idea is that um, there aren't that many uh, crazy people, there aren't that many extremists or crooks. We tend to perceive them out of greater numbers than they really are, which is probably an evolutionary perception thing, because you don't survive by perceiving the uh, people who aren't going to kill you. you. You evolve, you survive by perceiving the threats better. Um, it's like that newsman said, uh, John Stewart, saying you hear more from the extremists and the crazy people because moderates have stuff to do. <laughs> and the deal is that we need uh, people to step up to do what's right for uh, our democracy so it can survive. 
Uh, frankly, one of my biggest problems originating during the election period was when uh, one of the uh, presidential candidates posted something telling uh, people to troll political sites. That is to post ugly stuff, disinformation, just to confuse the, uh, the discussion. We got side affected by that in a small way, not compared to uh, sites probably like Daily Kos, but some of those people are still with me. One of the, the things, you know, your, your role at Craigslist has, has given you this platform to be involved in all these different issues, and you've been very, you've become involved in, in veterans' issues, and in, in, in education, and in, in the, in the, the Middle East, uh, uh, the situation in the Middle East, the Middle East peace. Um, how, is, is this, did this all sort of come on in a rush? Is it, is it, is it, was it sort of startling to sort of find yourself in all this realm, or is it, is it just simply satisfying? It was a combination of uh, stumbling onto things. Uh, frankly, uh, again, just the whole history of Craigslist is figuring out what feels right, you know, in terms of basics. You know, there's also the notion that sometimes you want to give the other person a break, sometimes you want to live and let live, that kind of thing. But over the last five or six years, people were asking, hey, why does this thing succeed? Uh, and as I asked myself, what's worked? What are those influences on me? Uh, I started catching on to what I was doing because you know, Mr. Shulsky in high school history, from uh, him primarily, all this stuff about democracy and the Bill of Rights, the consent of the governed, apparently that sunk in. And the internet, from my way of looking at things, is about that. The internet is about people giving each other a break. So I figured, sure, why not? And I've kind of, uh, at first, let myself stumble into things that made sense. Recently, I've begun trying to figure out what issues uh, I should focus on, like this uh, idea of using the net for governance, and then some special issues which somehow uh, felt right, like I'm involved with the Iraq and, Af and Afghanistan veterans of America. I recently learned how much they were, uh, well, screwed by the previous administration. The idea is that, uh, you know, Barack believes in supporting the troops, by which he means supporting the troops, for example, uh, just last week, I think, they eliminated the Stop Loss program. This is a program that I think was mostly National Guard, where there was some fine print that uh, enlistees weren't told that, hey, uh, we can basically keep you as long as we want, which you'd think would be uh, prevented by the 13th Amendment, but that's been eliminated right now. The idea, too, is that last year these guys helped get the new GI Bill which is basically saying that, hey, if a, a troop has committed him or herself to the country, we should commit to, the, the, to them, and we should at least help them get a decent education. Now, you may know from the GI Bill uh, after World War II that getting returning GI's college educations was an enormous form of economic stimulus, and that resulted in a lot of the prosperity of the Eisenhower years. So this is not only doing the right thing, it's in our self-interest. There's a lot of stuff going on, too. I'm getting involved in the uh, U.S.-Palestinian partnership. There I'm uh, motivated by remembering what I learned as a kid in uh, Hebrew school, this idea of tikkun olam, or repairing the world. The deal is that, uh, well, I don't know how to create world peace, but I know something about helping people build uh, IT centers and using computers. There's a lot of these things. They ain't bad. And I just wish they got me more of a chance to indulge my sense of humor. <laughs> On that note.
this would not be a proper community if I hogged all the questions. So I hope that there are questions from the audience, questions for Craig, things that you'd like to know um, about any of these subjects and also things that we did not get a chance to bring up. Hi. I wanted to know how did you avoid buying into the temptation to sell out in terms of adding ads and banners and all of the glitz and glamour that could potentially come through? I'm Rachel. <laughs> Again, nothing uh, noble or altruistic about this. It's just that I figured, even this was the end of 97, figuring that I, have, uh, done, I was doing well back then as a contract programmer, offered to run banner ads, didn't feel right, said no. And now, you know, I live pretty simply, a few luxuries, but, you know, regarding a lot of money and power, well, what's the point? Um, maybe I wasn't socialized properly. <laughs> and in fact, that, that's a matter of record, I guess. But uh, again, uh, what's the point of uh, all this? You do okay, um, and that uh, works out uh, well enough. So it's, again, not noble, not altruistic, just getting some idea of what uh, matters. Like, you know, at home I have a pretty good shower, and I can get all the gadgets I want. Uh, hi, Craig. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks for the job, the apartment, and uh, my free bed. Um, <laughs> but I also wanted to ask, um, what's uh, the biggest thing that you've seen sold on Craigslist, like the most monetary uh, value? Uh, I've never looked at that. I guess the uh, easy answer is that people have sold a lot of houses, so I guess that would be the biggest uh, monetary value. A part of the problem I have is that Unfortunately, in customer service, I handle abuse cases. And so I don't see a lot of the stuff that everyone here might see. Hello, I'm Deborah Schneider. Um, you mentioned how every day you read your printed paper, but every week we're hearing about another printed paper you know, that's going out of business. And so I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on where, what's the future of journalism? Um, and what's, what are some of the new models that you think might have promise? Okay. This requires a long answer from someone who really knows what they're talking about. And I cheat referring to people in the media who know a lot more than I do, like uh, Jeff Jarvis, or Ellen Miller, Jay Rosen, or Clay Shirky, who wrote a great essay about this a couple weeks ago. Again, I blogged about it. The blog is cnewmark.com. And the deal is uh, the business model upon which a lot of journalism was built, which is advertising, is breaking. Uh, complicating this is the notion that paper is just too expensive too expensive to buy, too expensive to print, and way too expensive to deliver. So people are, work, are experimenting with, with business models for journalism, anywhere from micropayments to sponsorship models, uh, sp to sponsored uh, journalism to philanthropy. And no one has a clue, as far as I could tell, but people are working on it. And I do think uh, the future is very good for journalism, but it's going to turn out as a surprise. Me, I'm hoping that in the mix, in this period of creative destruction, there's going to be a new, highly paid profession of fact checker. Uh, but that may only be my fantasy. Hi, uh, my name is William. And uh, I know you work a lot with, uh, I guess, uh, abuse cases and scam artists. And it seems like now it's uh, becoming more prevalent, well, a little bit more, more prevalent. And, um, they're using a lot more intricate methods, and a lot of them are based out of the country. So I was wondering what, 
what kind of methods, because it seems like it's basically out of your guys' control, but what kind of steps is Craigslist taking to address those cases or minimize that kind of abuse? Well, the biggest deterrent we have to uh, scamming is the, are the warnings that we have up. Uh, which actually is uh, probably the most effective defense I've ever seen. Specifically, we, well, it's tough because we want to get people, we want to get the word out that there's a problem. But whenever you put something online, or I guess anywhere, if your warnings are too wordy, if they're too uh, onerous, they'll be too big and no one will pay attention to them. It's like agreements that you have to sign to use some software or a site. So we've gotten a pretty good balance there, and that's probably done more to prevent successful scamming than anything. Beyond that, we've got that flagging mechanism. That gets rid of a selection of the scams. Um, and we have internal tools which can key off that, which help us get rid of a great deal of it. And again, I'm not going to be uh, specific about that, how that works at all, because you know someone will hear, and that will help them uh, build counter countermeasures or something. <laughs> the idea is that uh, there are problems on the net. I think a key to solving a lot of them will be as we evolve, well, as we deploy so-called uh, digital certificates. Those are basically like uh, driver's licenses for the net. You know, because we use driver's licenses to kind of prove we are who we are. They can be forged, but it takes quite an effort to forge them. And when we have a more authentication and all that on the net, that'll prevent a lot of problems. There will always be roles for anonymity on the net if uh, for no other reason than whistleblowers. Hi, my name's Mandy, and also thank you for every job and apartment I've ever had. Um, I just want, could you talk about um, maintaining net neutrality, um, especially with some people that you maybe ideologically don't agree with, but um, are able to use your site? Well. The net neutrality thing, and I'm not sure if I get the whole question, but the net neutrality thing is basically says that nominally uh, the telecoms, the big ISPs, have to provide potentially the same kind of service to your server and your business that they do to someone who may be able to pay a lot more. So uh, just to use a phone analogy, which I've stolen from someone, the idea is if you were, uh, let's suppose you called up uh, your neighborhood pizza shop, but if you heard a message saying, hey, we'll connect you to them in 30 seconds, but if you wanted to be connected to Pizza, to pizza Hut right away, we would do that right away. Uh, net neutrality is the same principle applied to the net. And I'm saying basically, if you believe in fairness and a level playing ground, the ISPs should respect traditional American values and be fair to everyone. After all, the way ISPs and telecoms work, the way they make their money, is by like public rights of way in the airwaves. That is, phone companies put cables in the ground, which are public property. They use the airwaves, also public property, so they should be expected to respect their values. Now, what's complicated this is that what people think are different sides in all this are not that far apart. The problem is that, well, there's some complications like uh, in a number of cases, I've seen people paid by some of the less scrupulous operators to pick fights and create arguments which have really pissed a lot of people off, thereby getting people angry with each other, and that uh, has kept people apart. I've been telling a few people quietly, hey, uh, you're closer to agreement than you think, and uh, let's forget about the uh, 
Oh, some of the folks who, again, are trying to get everyone riled up. I'm Claudia Lindquist. I loved the movie 24 Hours on Craigslist. <laughs> and I wondered if you had, you know, any kind of editorial input and in how you felt about having that movie made. Uh, with the movie, oh, we had a little, little bit of feedback on it. This was done some years ago, and it was more uh, on the Craigslist community in San Francisco than it was about us. And the idea is that, uh, you know, we had some opinions. Mostly Jim talked about them. They put it together. It worked out pretty well, but uh, again, my focus is uh, elsewhere. Yeah, so I uh, was just happy to do, for them to do what made sense. Hi, Craig. This is Karthik with uh, DC Cap, and I actually wanted to sell my car, and I sold my car in four hours in Craigslist. <laughs> and I bought an iPhone about like a year back, and I wanted to sell my BlackBerry, and I sold my BlackBerry in like 12 hours. So it was pretty fast. So my question for you is, you know, as you were mentioning, Craigslist is present in 50 countries. But as you know, I mean, the majority of uh, Craigslist users are in the US. So are you thinking about doing something to expand to other countries like oh. Asia and all that? We uh, already have expanded to other countries. We're in 55 countries. We only support about five languages so far, which is not enough. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, we're moving slowly in that direction. We've only had uh, multiple language support for about 18 months. But we are expanding. We need to do more. Uh, however, we don't really promote the site. And so that means slow, steady expansion. Overseas, we're probably used more by expatriates than anyone else. But again, we just keep plugging away. And maybe we need to try to figure out what to do next. Like uh, maybe for our Ramallah site, we need to support Arabic. And maybe for uh, Jerusalem, we need to support Hebrew, Arabic, and English. Um, who knows? Uh, we are community-driven, priority-driven. And right now, again, our, one of our highest priorities is spam fighting, and that consumes a lot of energies. Uh, we are hiring, though, uh, tech people and even experienced customer service people. That should help out. Another question I had for you was, are you also looking into investing into other companies and helping other business people um, who want to build a powerful business? Uh, for the most part, we're not uh, working with other companies. Sometimes, uh, well, partly it's just because we're busy. And partly, too, uh, there's issues with compatibility with other business models. Because, again, our uh, business model, well, we're a business and a community service. And that's uh, still much more of an oddity than it should be. Hi, my name is Sam. And I'm wondering, you've talked a little bit about um, new communities. But I'm wondering if you could talk more about the developing world and how the site or internet in general is being used to make change. In the uh, developing world, our site probably isn't used all that much, since, it, again, it's uh, mostly English still. It does require internet connectivity and a computer for the most part. And I think the future of the world, especially in developing countries, will be that the people ex access the net through uh, phones, which will be getting smarter and smarter, and through texting, SMS, and all that. So. Uh, you know, we're paying attention to that, and we know our, our site is accessed a lot by smartphones. But, uh, oh, the idea is that we're going to have to keep up with that and just find ways to enable uh, phone access in different ways. Um, the digital divide through most of the world is going to, is, uh, 
going to be addressed more by uh, phones than anything we're doing here. Hi, my name is Nyla, and um, I wanted to know a little bit more about the principal values you use to create Craigslist, because it seems like you've stayed so grounded, and I just wanted to know how you've stayed so grounded. <laughs> uh, well, again, values and being grounded. Uh, uh, I don't know about being grounded or whatever, but, uh, <laughs> you know, as a nerd, I'm pretty literal. And, you know, the stuff I heard in school from parents and all that way back was, just this notion that you want to treat people like you want to be treated. And to me, corollaries are, of that are, again, uh, try to give people a break, live and let live, that kind of thing. It's all that uh, basic. And I just kind of did that unconsciously for uh, maybe 50 years. Um, sin and since people started to ask me that, I've come more consciously realized that. And I've kind of been led in that, uh, in been led along those lines by my rabbi, that guy, Leonard Cohen, um, and so he's, uh, he's reinforced that notion. I'll add that uh, if you see the current issue of Time, I do nominate him for membership in the uh, Time 100 Most Influential People. So you'll see a few pages into the magazine a big grinning photo of him. And uh, I don't know if it, it may be too late to try to get him in there, but uh, let's try to do that because I'll try to get to the dinner then and even though I'm frightened of him, it would be good to... Uh, you know. Thank you so very much for coming out to Socolo Public Square tonight. And let's give our guests a hand. <laughs>